Hello, Brother Max. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Brother Cam, it's good to hear your voice, my guy. Uh, good to hear from you as well. Well, we're back at it again. What time is it? What time is it? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's time for Black Glue. That's right. You have tuned in. If you are listening to this, you have tuned in to yet another exciting and Formative episode, thought-provoking episode of Black Glue. And without further ado, it's your boy Matt from the East coming to you live and direct. And join with me as always, I've got my guy, Brother Cam. Yes, your boy Cam from the West. We got a lot of exciting things to talk about today. We're going to be talking about revenge, which is going to be interesting. So basically two different sides of revenge, but also the crucifixion of those who speak up. Yo, yeah, let's, let's get to it. This is going to be good. This is so pertinent. This is so relevant to everything in the world today. You know, I've, I've come across quite a few people who have been trying to tell me such as, yeah, you're doing this, but you're doing this the wrong way. Or, yeah, well, this person did this, but they shouldn't have done it like that. And so I have a lot to unpack with that personally, and I know Brother Cam does as well. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. No doubt. So we want to just start it off with two definitions real quick. So of just revenge, I think naturally, like for me, I, I hear like revenge. I'm like, oh, I already know what that means. Come on now. Um, but I think sometimes like looking a little deeper into words is always an advantageous endeavor. So we're going to look up revenge from Merriam, Merriam-Webster and then dictionary.com. So Merriam-Webster defines revenge as to avenge, usually by retaliating in kind or degree. Whereas dictionary.com defines it as to exact punishment or expiation for a wrong on behalf of, especially in a resentful or vindicative spirit. Hmm. So two very um, just different definitions. I think one, you know, has to do with like, you know, like revenge being seen as like, I'm going to exchange harm for harm, whereas there doesn't always have to be, um, I guess, harm involved. And I mean, I guess that's where we begin because maybe that's up for debate. (laughs) So what do, you, what do you think, Matt? What do you think of like when you just, what do you, when you think of revenge, especially when it comes to just current events in the world today? So as you said before, those, those definitions are two different definitions before, but they absolutely give us a, a, a more holistic viewpoint as to what revenge truly is. I think within the world today, the revenge that people are seeking specifically I can specifically speak for myself and the people who align their ideals with what I'm trying to do, which is equality for black people. Right. Um, I think to myself, revenge being taking justice within our own hands. We are trying to, I am trying to get justice for myself since the justice system, air quotes on justice system is not doing so and standing up for me. And so the idea, everybody behind this episode of rights revenge question mark uh is is this righteous revenge is this righteous is it revenge i definitely see it to be so but um that's what that's that's what i look at it as as a righteous revenge i think it very much is i think it's long overdue 
that's my yeah. two cents about that for now. <laughs> but yeah, how, where, where are you at with that? Ooh, I guess what well, first you get a lot to, to mind. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to revenge, especially regarding the just current events. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is like um, looting stores and like targets, target burning down. And, you know, I guess what first comes to mind is like, is that right? You know, mm. I think it feels, it feels good. Like, like part of it's like, oh yeah, we're like, okay, like we're going to get revenge, you know, like, because like no one, no one hears us, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's just being a black person in the world. Like sometimes it's like, oh dang, well, if they're not going to hear us, then like, we're going to make sure of it, you know? So it's like, I understand, you know, where like, I guess like the looting and like, yeah, like the, uh, even like destruction of businesses, you know, is, is happening. Do I think it's right? No, I don't. But with that, I think, I think there's just a better, there's better ways, there's better ways to be heard. Mm, better but, ways to be heard, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think if y'all can't are, tell by the tone of my voice, yeah. So here I, we go. <laughs> Welcome y'all to Black Blue because this is what we're about right here. Like we're gonna disagree, and it is what it is, but we gonna make it through. So yeah. So when you say better ways to be heard, and just for clarification, real quick, everybody, Cam and I have different viewpoints on certain things, but I want to absolutely. Yeah, not absolutely. I want to be sure to have the best understanding as possible so exactly what his viewpoints are before I even decide to really try to present my case. Because we want to grow, learn, understand, and educate. And so that's what I'm taking this moment to do. So, Cam, when you say you feel that there are better ways to attain righteous revenge, what do you mean by that? And what does that look like? Yeah, so I think part of, like, communication is not just, like, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. but but also how it's perceived as well um so with that i think there's a part of the world that just makes um doesn't make sense of like just doesn't understand the the thing, the current events, you know, right. that are just like really happening in the world. Like they don't, they don't fully, they don't fully grasp it, you know? And I think there's a part, there's a part of all of us that just does not fully grasp like what's at stake like here, like what is, what is, what is truly happening? Like we might see it like on a, I think we see it on a, a super, on a superficial level, you know, and the depths of like systemic racism, far expands like any of our understanding without without a doubt so things like buildings being burned down you know is I think being in my just my personal experience you know is like you know I grew up primarily in like like white culture and like you know in black culture as well at times but I think you know it's helped me like also understand like how white culture 
sees things in, in like in like weird ways, being able to be like kind of in the middle, you know, sometimes. And with that, I think it is how my parents like perceive things a little mm. bit, you know, and specifically like, okay, like it's just not seen in a positive way. You know, I don't think my parents like necessarily see like businesses burning down in like uh, in a positive way at all. No doubt. I know they don't, you know, but with that, I think it's like, do they absolutely support like Black Lives Matter? Yes. You know, but is that something that makes them want to support Black Lives Matter when they when they see like things like that? No. You know, it's like there's things that detract um, people from what I think the good of Black Lives Matter is really trying to do. Mm. If that makes sense. Okay. It does make sense. Couple things. So I, I, I've done my best to understand exactly what you're saying. And I think I have a pretty good solid grasp of what is it you're saying. However, uh, who should where'd I start? I've got like a million things running through my head right now. <laughs> okay. So how do you think people should respond then? How would your parents think that people should respond to 400 years of oppression and not being heard? That's, like, that's, how- that's, that's a great question. You know, I think where where like great movements like have seen success is i believe in like in peaceful protests really you know, like yeah i think there's there's definitely been success in like there's success in in violence i just don't think it's it's the success that we want you don't think so no okay i i, no. I don't now here's why I appreciate you sharing your viewpoint, but I disagree with you. And here's why. If it was not for revolt, if it was not for riots, if it was not for violence, and just for disclaimer here, I don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. I don't. But I think that if it was not for these things, black people would still be picking cotton. If it was not for these things, the United States would still be a part of Great Britain. If it was not for these things, there would be so much more dysfunction in the world. There would be so many toxic, unhealthy relationships between culture to culture, between country to country, between person to person. Seeing how this country and many others have resolved and gotten to an understanding through this, mind you, I'm not a violent person, but I do very much pay attention to and am aware of my surroundings and the history. This is how things have always been taken care of. This is how things have always been done. Is it sad that people only respond to violence? Yes. But if people do not respond to rationality, if people do not respond to peace, if they do not respond to patience, what else are we supposed to do when we are continuously brutalized, when we are continuously being killed, when we are continuously being wrongfully convicted, we are, when we are continuously being treated to a dramatic degree, much different than our white counterparts. So who is anyone to tell somebody else how they should respond to 400 years of oppression and counting because it's not over, right? And so in my head, when I hear people say you should do it differently, I'm like, 
okay, I see where you are coming from, but you are, I feel either ill-informed or just not looking at the whole thing. And here's why now, am I pro-violence? No, but I absolutely see why it's happening. And I know the results that can take place because of that. And so if a couple of corporations that are multi-billion dollar corporations, such as Target and have insurance need to burn down to get attention and people have to feel a little uncomfortable because of that, in my opinion, then so be it. They got insurance. They'll be fine. But you cannot bring back these black lives. And if some stuff has to get burned down in order for your attention to be forced to pay attention to actually make some change, then so be it. But I'm not about watching people sit around and continuously die for any type of unjust reason. The building's yeah. going but these black no, not. Yeah, no doubt. I think you, Matt, you bring up, like, such good points. And what, what makes me – what really comes to mind is, like, two different aspects of the brain. So, mm. like, we know, like, okay, we have, like, a reptilian aspect of the brain, but then we also have the side of, like, of logic. You know, one provides, like – is, is the emotional aspect, you know, where we react based upon our instincts. Whereas the logical side, I think also sees like, okay, here's my instincts, but here's like how, how to, how to control them. And when those two are in, are in unison and in balance, I think we've seen human beings be able to do great things. And so mm-hmm. when I see like the things, like things being looted, uh, buildings burning down do i understand it do i understand where like people are coming from like absolutely um because i feel it you know i think it's part of everybody's brain you know it's it's that emotional aspect that says like okay they don't they don't hear us we're we're gonna we're gonna be heard we're gonna be heard and so i relate to it but at the same time you know i think we're so much more you know i think when we look at at racism and we look at and we look at the past and we look at history like we know in the past wow we've been defined as animals and so like okay what it's it's messed up like what we react we're, rea- we're reacting sometimes how like racists want us to react hmm. with the with the reptilian brain that says okay like Dang, we we fight we fight back. You you get hit, you hit back. Which I think is like which is which is instinctual, like naturally. Like someone hits me, I'm hitting the back. You know, like right. in my in my emotional brain, like I absolutely want to. It's like wow, the the concept of like you know we hear like the biblical concept like turn the other cheek. Like ain't nobody want to do that. Right. <laughs> you know, ain't nobody ain't nobody natu- naturally just be like oh man, I really really want to turn the other cheek when someone like punches me or kicks me, you know, it's not, it's not natural, but I think it is, it's a challenge, you know, and I think it is something, you know, that we, we should, we should strive for more so than anything. I think with as much like how many, how many feelings there are around this issue, how, how do you control them? More, more so more so than anything and use energy in a productive way everybody deals with anger everybody deals with those feelings of like wanting revenge but i think it comes down to channeling it, the energy into something that's that's productive and that's up for debate of like what is the productive way of going about it right 
So, no. excuse me, you made, you, made us, you made some solid points for sure. But I really do want to touch on real quick what you just said is channeling that energy, that anger, that frustration in a productive way. Now, also, before I even get into this, for the record, I am not pro-riding. Let's just make that clear. Yes, I am feeling quite militant these days. However, I am not pro-riding, but I get it, and I'm not sad if I see a Target burn down. I'm not going to be sad if I see a Walmart burn down. They fund private prisons anyways. I'm not going to be upset about that because I get where it's coming from. However, if you're spe- uh, when, when you touch on uh, putting our energies, putting our angers towards a when you say productive, I'm assuming you mean a more uh, comfortable way for people. Is that what you mean? Like a more comfortable way to receive? It's the truth. The truth is always uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? Um, okay. So I don't think it's necessarily about comfortability. It's about consideration. Consideration. Yeah. Consideration so, for who? You consider people. You consider people before you act. Okay. So <laughs> you, consider, you, consider, you consider like what you're doing is, is beyond, you know, is beyond like just what you, what you want, you know, like we, we have to think deeper, you hmm. know, like how this impacts black lives, you know, but how this, this impacts the future. You know, and the very and the very future of the world, like generations will look back on our generation um, to see what we did, you know, to see how we responded and and they'll learn from us and they'll either learn from us in a in a positive way that continues to move the world forward or like destroys the world. Hmm. So we're an example. At all times, for every for everything we do, it might not even seem like it. Like everything you post, every everything you do, like we don't think about it. You know, like sometimes we just we just act. But it's like think with your emotion, think with emotion, but also think with that logical side of the brain, and let let them be in unison. It's all about it's all about balance. It so, is about balance, right? But yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find. Like, do I have a great solution of like how do we find that? that balance do do i know the perfect way to react to these situations no but i think that's also what black blue is about like i'm trying to learn right yeah i'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to learn better ways to react like what what's been the most productive movement in history that's that's really changed like the course of humanity and how, how did they go about it you know i think the civil rights is like a, a good example but with that it's like there's there's two different there's two different figures, you know, but that really that stand out, you know, in it. There's so many figures, um, but we think of like Malcolm X, you know, we think of like MLK. Those are the first people that come to my mind and they're just different. But are they, were they wrong, you know, in the way they went about things or were they right? Like what, what went well, what worked, what didn't work? Hmm. I think um, future generations, so the next upcoming generation, I should say, looking back at these times is going to look at us and be able to either say they took action on the injustices and they did something. They didn't, they didn't continue to do the same thing over again, but they took a new course of action or they're going to look back and say, dang, 
the previous generation didn't do what was required, what was necessary for me to no longer have to experience these things. And so when you said uh, looking back or moving forward and then the future generation looking back, I think those are the two chains of thought that could be possibilities for them. And I think to myself, as far as you say, productive wise, um, sure, we could. I mean, and, and absolutely, we should vote. We should try to get people into office who, who do not hold these racist ideals, who are not in close relation with these racist groups, who are not neo-Nazis, part of the Klan, whatever, because there are people like that who are heads of these sheriff departments and all this other crazy stuff. It's wild. But um, yes, we should vote and do all those things as well. But at the end of the day, if the goal is to tear down systemic racism, you have to attack the system. And partaking in the system, all that does with, with the voting is, sure, like it does some cool things, but if the foundation is made of sand and you just paint the foundation or, and maybe you put a new roofing on the foundation, it's still made of sand. The, the groundwork needs to be shaken up. That is what needs to change. And so a part of me thinks to myself, if I have a child, they're going to look back and say, Dad, I'm experiencing this to this day, just as my grandparents and my great-grandparents did. What did you do to make this change? Why is it still like that? And so that's what I think. And so that's why I say what I say about if stuff has to burn down to grab attention and for this for the U.S. to get it together and completely dismantle systemic racism by starting from the ground up, then so be it. Because I'm tired of seeing black bodies burn. I'm tired of seeing blood in the streets. And so on one end, that's how I think about that in, in reference to the statement that you made before. But on the other end, if we're all on one accord and we vote and we rally and we demand these changes, that could make things a little bit more comfortable, sure. But I feel like the root issue is still the same. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so you bring up, you bring up a good point. What yeah. is the root issue? I think if you... Yeah, okay. if you look at like a, a plant, plants are good examples, you know, like a garden. So if you want to take out a weed and you're just pulling at the leaves that, you know, it's always going to grow back, right? Exactly. <laughs> we, we always know that, you know, for like you never get, if you don't get to the root of a plant, when you dig it up, it always comes back. Right. So I guess that's my question just for you right now, Matt, is like, what do you, what do you think the root cause is? So well, systemic racism, right? So that's, that's, that's the base. That's the foundation of all of this that's happening currently. And so, when, so for me, sticking to just um, protesting and sticking to only uh, voting, that's just pulling the leaves off. That's pruning the tree, right? That's cutting back some pieces. But if the roots are still very much in the ground, that's not solving the issue as to why black bodies are being brutalized and murdered. That's not solving the issue as to why um, we have people being elected into office that are pro ice and that are hunting down our Hispanic brothers and sisters. That's the reason why these things are happening It's because of systemic racism. And so putting in new officials and laws and all that stuff, that's cool and all, but if the system is corrupt, no matter how many leaves we pull off the tree, and I love I love the example that you gave, by the way. But yeah, and so I, I think that's something that we really all need to be on one accord and be able to figure out, like, how are we going to do this if we're not going to, you know, uh, 
dismantle the system because I think there's there's another way that possibly could happen. Who knows? But that's the only way that I see it being able to truly happen for systemic racism to end. So if there was another way, how do we do that without it just being without without just being a pretty way to make things look better, but in reality, the root is still there. You know, and so yeah. that's 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 the struggle right there, figuring that out. Yeah, and I think that's the question, you know, we all have to ask is like, what is the root? Like, and how do you know, how do we know we're pulling on the right thing? Right. Mm. So what if we're just, just throwing it out there? Like, what if like, we're, we're pulling on the, on the wrong thing. We're not seeing the full, the full depths of the picture, you know, systemic racism, like, obviously huge problem <laughs> but really? is it wait is wait it, wait cam systemic racism is bad oh really Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. but you know with that is like is it is it a leaf or is it the root and that's hmm. that's the question like we all have to ask is like we've I think in the past we've 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 been at, like systemic racism has has bit like we've been fighting we've been fighting for it and whether everyone has been fighting for it and been on the same page is it's up for debate, <laughs> you know. It's, right. yeah. it's not. It's not, not. I don't, we're not. We're not. We're not on the same page. We're not on the same page at all. But with that we can see like in the past like it's been fought before and it's continuing I'd say it's continued to come back you know and manifest itself in in different ways almost like a virus yes almost like a virus I guess yeah it's funny you know I think things in the world provide like things like viruses plants provide actually pretty good examples of of life for us, like in our, our, our understanding of it, like we can, we can learn a lot, you know, from <laughs> sounds weird and like, all oh, like holistic, but like, yeah, we can learn from the plants, you know, we can learn from like little things in, in nature. Um, yeah. I think they teach us things about the way our natural world works. But if we know like, wow, this has been fought before and we're, we're tugging at the same leaves, then are we getting to the root? If it keeps coming back and manifesting itself in in different ways, hmm. That's the then, thing. Are we, then are we really getting to the source of the problem? The thing, though, is, is I don't think it ever went away for us to be able to say it keeps coming back. I think it's showing itself in different forms. For example, like the tree example and the tree analogy, the roots are spreading and attaching to different things. We cut out one of the roots, one of the branches, sure, but the main issue is still there. And so, of course, racism is a heart condition. It's hate. It's evil. You know, it's a heart condition. And so I think slowly but surely, I mean, I think systemically, yes, it needs to be taken down, but also internally, we all need to look within ourselves. Everyone needs to look within themselves, whether you think you're being racist or not. (laughs) we need to look within ourselves and address a few things. 
How does this make me feel when I see this? Why do I feel uh, upset, bothered, angry, frustrated, insecure when I see these things? And address those things. You know, and so so it absolutely is a heart issue. It absolutely is from a place of anger, fear, insecurities, whatever. And that is where systemic racism has come from. But it's very much an institution that needs to be dismantled. And so all of those things need to be taken care of. But the fact that there is a system in place, regardless of how many new people come in and out, that system is still there. And so until that system is dismantled, I feel, which is what I think is the true root then things can get better. Because within this generation that we're in now, there's, from what I've seen, I can't speak for everyone, but from what I've seen, there's a lot of, a whole bunch of kumbaya and all that stuff. And of course, there are the people who do choose to spread hate. But it's not like it was, from person to person, it's not like it was within these uh, interpersonal relationships in the 60s and the 50s. How it was a clear division. There was a side A and then there was a side B. There's a lot more togetherness. There's a lot more unity now. And so I feel that the opportunity to take down the system as well as the opportunity to work on the condition of the heart within these people who are struggling with these things, within everyone who is struggling with whatever prejudices and racist ideals that they have, is very much something that can be accomplished. No doubt. I think you bring up you bring up so many good points. You know, it's very much an extrinsic. <laughs> it's very much. Don't get too ahead of, your, ahead of yourself. <laughs> it's very much an extrinsic and Ooh. intrinsic problem. Extrinsic. And until like, okay, reading the dictionary. So, <laughs> you know, I've been trying to expand the vocab. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, but yeah, you know, it's related definitely to our internal worlds, but also like the external as well. And so we know this, you know, I think sports are like a good example is like your internal world affects your athletic performance. Absolutely. Yes. Same thing with everything you do. Your internal world affects, affects the world. Yeah. And not even just within ourselves, but within everybody watching your external actions, which come from your internal world. Uh, excuse me. Like you brought up earlier with, with the sports or with uh, MLK and with Malcolm X. These people are pioneers. Their internal world was completely silenced. Everything they were trying to do externally was completely shut down because of the viewpoints that other people had on their internal world because of how other people felt about their internal world and what they were verbalizing. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. So it's, let me just repeat back what you said to make sure I'm fully grasping it. But yeah, it's really conveying like other, our internal worlds matter, but also other people's internal worlds impact on our internal worlds as well. They're always like, yeah, you can be working on your internal world as much as you want, but if other people's viewpoints and their internal world isn't changing as well, it can really also suppress um, the greatness of like what someone's trying to do. Exactly. It's like they're trying to crucify you and silence you. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) wait, wait, was that like our topic that we were going to talk about? 
<laughs> that was a terrible transition. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, uh, so where was I at? I had such a solid point I was about to make, but pretty much no matter where your viewpoint is, somebody's always gonna have something to say about it. And it's not always going to be positive. Cam and I, we feel that what we're doing with Black Lou is something positive, but there are always going to be people who have something negative to say, whether they express it to us directly, or they decide to go troll and make a little troll account on Instagram and troll everything we do and say, or they go on YouTube and decide to rant about it. There's always going to be some level of crucifixion whenever people try to speak what their truth is. Like Kim talked about and brought up earlier and how I just recently mentioned with MLK. To, some, to a lot of people, he did it the right way, air quotes around that, around that. But he was still crucified. He still had the hoses put on him. He was still spit on in his face. There were still visits from the Klan visiting his house. There was still, he was still assassinated, you know? And then we've got... And he was still publicly crucified as well, like throughout the media. And then we've got MLK, who had a slightly different approach. Same exact thing happened. Within black culture, there's always somebody, some majority, or some people who just feel they have a louder voice because they're coming with negativity, who feel that they can crucify on a social and a bodily, um, in, in a social and a bodily fashion to these people who are standing up for us. And there's always something. Even something more recent, Colin Kaepernick. He did it, air quote, around the peaceful way, the right way. But people always have something to say. He was still crucified socially before that. He lost his job. He was demonized by many people, even though he was very clear with his And so there's always something. Hmm. Yeah, people will always be crucified when they try and speak up, try and speak the truth. We've seen it throughout history. Um all, basically every yeah everyone every, everyone everyone, yeah. everyone who's tried to speak the truth has been crucified in like in some way you know black examples um civil rights movements jesus like so many examples throughout yeah. history it's, it's non-stop it's re- it's relentless it's non-stop it's straight, it's straight up relentless and we were okay with it you know, like that's, that's the problem is a society we become okay with just like crucifying people when they speak up. And I don't fully grasp why, you know, but I think it's like, you have to look into your internal world. Like, I think we all do it in some yes. way. Like for me, it's like, okay, I need to, I need to self-reflect and be like, okay, how I think it's so easy to point the finger, look at everybody else crucifying that person. Wait, how do you, how do you crucify people? Hmm. Yeah, like stop, like, stop pointing the point the finger. If you're gonna point the finger, you might as well point it both ways. But that's a hard thing to do, you know. I think like it's it's very it's uncomfortable, and yeah, yeah for me personally, it's like sometimes it's just like I don't want to get uncomfortable. Let me let me take the easy let me take life's easy route. But what's at the end of that? Ain't nothing good at the end of that. <laughs> you don't want the easy you don't want the easy route you want the easy route until you see the results of the easy route and then you're like oh this is what my life produced oof yikes wish i would have actually taken a better road right anyone wants to get to their life and think that that's right all because we decided to go about the route that felt good because it was comfortable because it allowed for us to continuously to roll in the dirt that we're comfortable in you know 
it's mud. It's, it's warm. I like it here. You know, that's one of those things. But as I said before, um, evaluation of the heart, as you said, evaluation of the heart is what really is going to produce the results that we're all looking for, the change in the world, you know. Um, if we don't, then things are going to continue to do the same. So looking within ourselves, you're spot on with that. That's how true change happens within ourselves and then throughout the world because we're going to see things through a different lens. Once you take off the rose-colored glasses, things like you start to see all the colors for what they really are. Definitely. I think it's, it takes honesty. You know, you want to begin. You want to be honest with the world. Begin to be honest with yourself. Hmm. Tell the truth. Tell the truth to yourself yeah. of where you're at. Yeah. And I think like that's that's a hard thing to do. Like I struggle with that every single day. <laughs> you know, yeah. like because it's it's uncomfortable. It's not it's not always pretty, but yeah, it's we're we're human. And like Matt and I were having a great conversation before this, and like I was going through it. You know, I was feeling like real down and like depressed and that helped me out. And that helped me out a lot to really see the truth of the situation. You know, it's like there's just recognize the good and the bad, but then also recognize the power of like you choose, you choose at the same time. You know, you make the choice of like whether you want to give into the good or whether you want to give into the bad things in your life. So it's all a choice. You know, like you said before, you know, it's, it's easy to stick with what we know, what we're comfortable with. But once the moment we decide to, well, you know what, maybe I'm going to look at this a little differently. Things change. No doubt. And I think that's just the big takeaway for today. You know, it's just like, yeah, make a focus, focus on the outside, focus on the things on the outside that need to change. But also recognize, I think Michael Jackson has like, he has a great saying when it comes to it, you know, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. It's like minor, minor, minor changes have major implications. Mm. Mm. That's that positive note that we need right there to close on, man. That's it. <laughs> well, that's it, y'all. That's another episode of black glue and Mm. Matt do you have anything else that you want to close with anything on your heart to to leave with the people I absolutely do Um, I know this episode was a little longer than usual but it was a powerful episode that we absolutely noticed needed to take place anything from this just remember to look within yourself evaluate sit with your feelings evaluate them Check them, check people around you and try to recognize why do I feel how I feel? Why does this bother me the way it bothers me? Spread that message to every single person you know, because we can't truly see a change within the world if we are not looking to improve within ourselves. It's so easy to point the finger and to stay where we're comfortable at. Take a moment to try to encourage some growth within ourselves. We'll start to see everything else around us change. That's all I got for you guys. Um, I've been able to take away a lot from this episode. This has been great. But um, unless you have anything else to say, Brother Cam, we're going to go ahead and close on out. Um, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of Black Glue. This has been great. I've been your guy, Matt, from the East. And your boy, Cam, from the West.
and catch y'all later. Peace. Peace.